0: And Welcome to the Moonshots Podcast. It's episode 209. I'm your co-host, Mike Parsons, and as always, I'm joined by the co-host, the legend himself, Mr. Mark Pearson-Freeland. Good morning, Mark. Good morning, Mike. Good morning, listeners and
1: members and subscribers. We have something pretty magical in store today as show number 209, don't we, Mike?
0: Indeed. We are just continuing in the wisdom well. There is so much there, isn't there, Mark? You're,
1: yeah, I quite like the wisdom well. That's that's a that's a nice little phrase. Yes, you're right, Mike. We are deep into our wisdom series. And today, listeners, we are diving into a pretty well-known and well-consumed book that's actually celebrating its 35th year anniversary very, very soon. And that is Paul Coelho's The Alchemist, which I think, Mike, is fair to say. Uh, mysticism comes through, maybe a bit of magic, but also this idea of wisdom, the wisdom of looking at your things in your life and determining what matters to you. These are all pretty important concepts and themes that I think we've come across on the show before, but really never div- dove into quite in this depth, have we?
0: Yeah. I, I think, Mark, this is almost... The book before all the other books, perhaps. Um, as we dive into the Wisdom Well, we are going to find a book that is all about not living a life where you dream of doing things and not doing any of them. This book, uh, originally, it's written uh, through two characters, it's, it's written th- as a fictional story, a bit like Socrates and Dan Millman's Way of the Peaceful Warrior. But this is all about our path, our legend, and doing the things we were born to do. And so, Mark, I think before we get into growth mindset, Brene Brown, mm. you know James Clear, Ryan Holiday, before all those other moonshots classic, comes books like Paul Coelho and The Alchemist, comes the books that are all about challenging you and inspiring you to do the things you were born to do and not to live the life that others would have you live, but to live your life. It's pretty good stuff, Mark.
1: It's pretty good stuff. And I think there's a reason why it is. uh, Paul Coelho actually has the Guinness world record for the most translated book by any living author. So I think if we have listeners thinking, well, you know, Mike and Mark, they've done Dom Miguel Ruiz and the Four Agreements. Uh, We've just heard Dan Millman with The Way of the Peaceful Warrior. Now they're talking about this brand new book that's all about wisdom. It is truly one of the most consumed and enjoyed as well as translated books globally. So I think, Mike, it's got to have some tips, themes, lessons that we can all learn from in order to try out and create that foundation that enables us to utilize the work of, you know, James Clear with Atomic Habits, with the work of maybe McConaughey encouraging us to journal, all these tips that we've learned through the Moonshot Show without a yeah. foundation of getting ourselves right, getting ourselves into the headspace of being, um, you know, true to ourselves and being authentic. I think it's, it's a bit of a struggle to then authentically deliver on the the journaling, delivering on being the best version of yourself. So you're right. This is almost like a, like a precursor or a foundation to build on for the rest of the Moonshot shows.
0: Yeah. I mean, absolutely. This, this really is. So, you know, what I, what I would really encourage all of our listeners and subscribers and members to get ready for is it's such a great time of the year. It's the end of the year. You're going to start reflecting and asking yourself, what are you going to do next year? is this is an opportunity to explore what we really dream of doing. or those moments where we feel natural in whatever we're doing, so comfortable. Or maybe there's just something calling you and you don't know quite what it is. Well, this is the show that is going to help you unlock that because we all dream. And this book will tell us, show us, and teach us how to make those dreams become reality. All right, Mark, where should we start? Well, I think with a
1: setup like that, Mike, we can only have words from two other dreamlike individuals. So let's open our show with Paul Coelho talking to none other than Oprah about how to not be a part-time dreamer. You know, it took me years. I knew that I wanted to be a writer mm-hmm. since I was young
2: and have these megalomaniac things about being the most famous writer in the world. But... It's not enough to know what you want. You have to to do what you want, to be what you want. You know, so a writer implies in writing books. Yeah. Huh? A gardener implies in gardens. You know, but if you, I don't know about today, but if you talk to your father, your mother, if you are from a middle class, I want to be a gardener. Your father says, oh, my son. Please, go to the university. Yeah. Uh, Get a diploma. And you can do your gardening during the weekend, you know. But you love plants. You love the soil. You love, you know. But at the end of the day, you are convinced. And this is not good for the person who is being convinced. And for the person who is trying to convince. You are creating this aura of frustration
0: around them. Frustration, Mark. I mean, this, this one's really big and, and, you know, I cannot begin to tell you how much I experienced this in my life, particularly, you know, around high school and and college of not doing what you were born to do, but rather following the path that others expected of me. This, Mark, is why I only lasted for seven weeks at university. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine the look on my family's face when I'm like, yes, yeah, so about that university thing, I think I'm going to quit. Anyway, that's a whole nother show. But the, the thing here is it's not good to put our expectations on others. People have mm. to find their own path. But also as individuals, we must... Hold on to that feeling. You know, Paul was talking about if someone is really compelled by being out in the garden to being amongst plants and grass and animals. If this is the thing, it calls you, like even when it's rainy, you go out into the garden. Even when it's too hot, you go out in the garden. If you have something like that in your life, be it professional or personal, anything in between, and you have this, I I would describe it like. If, if there is a feeling of magnetism, you are drawn to something. Another good way of thinking about it is if you are prepared to do something and not be paid for it and still mm. find satisfaction in it, some joy in that act, that's a huge signal mark that you're doing something that you deeply enjoy, you get a sense of fulfillment. Like we don't get salaries for this show. We've been recording a show every week for four years because we just love it. Like that is that magnetism that I'm talking about. Do you have moments, Mark, in your life where you like feel that magnetism where you're aware that something's kind of calling you?
1: Yeah, it's that feeling of, you know, being alive. It's the idea for me that I think sent Mihai really encapsulated in his, in his book flow, the idea of getting into something with such attention and focus and being able to be completely immersed in it yes. and not be too distracted by other things, which are, you know, maybe pulling your attention right. away. You Instead lose it, yourself, right? You lose yourself. Mm. Exactly. You get fully into, into that flow. But those moments I find are are, are pretty rare, Mike. I think you're right. Those are only really reserved for moments that I would traditionally call hobbies or passions. Mm, mm. Maybe it's a bit of exercise that then sets me up for the day. Maybe, and that's for me, you know, a good long swim, uh, maybe a nice run outside, something that gets the blood pumping.
0: So, so, you know, it's interesting, isn't it? I think we all have this... Uh, compelling magnetism um, to some sort of hobby, maybe a sport, maybe something creative, but you know I think the the message in paul coelho 's book, The Alchemist, is that can be in as many parts of your life as you choose, mm-hmm. and particularly when we talk about work and career. I believe we have a right to feel this magnetism, this flow state, to be doing work that truly satisfies us, makes us feel good. I think that's a right. I don't think that should be the exception. I think for most people, we don't feel that deep, compelling sense about the work we do. And that's why I think if you're a listener to the Moonshots podcast, you're sort of trying to find Uh, a way to align the things that you love, what you can get paid for and to find a mission or said differently, just shoot for the moon. I think we're all on a mission to do that. And I think it's interesting when what Paul Coelho does is he kind of calls us out on it Mm. Uh, don't be a part-time dreamer. Don't be dreaming in that little anecdote that he gave. Don't be dreaming of going into the garden, but not doing it. I think if you can tune into these messages, I think fulfillment and purpose are on the other side of that, don't you, Mark?
1: Well, yeah, absolutely. And this is really reminding me of our series on happiness. So with Tal Ben Shahar and his book, Happier, um, Learning the Secrets of Daily Joy, I think he was really touching upon this. This idea of happiness being a little bit of a paradox, something that's always just out of reach, something that we're always striving towards, whether it's success at work, or maybe it's just getting up in the morning and feeling good about yourself. It's always something that's just a little bit out of reach. But really, I think what we learned from Dalai Lama in the happiness series, and I think where Paul Coelho is taking us with The Alchemist, is it doesn't always have to be something that is mythical. It can be something that if you approach it in the right way, you can either retrain yourself to feel happier when you're out and doing stuff, feeling content, but also more importantly, as we heard in this intro clip on today's show, this idea of finding what's authentic to yourself and really structuring your behavior, your actions, as well as your mindset around it in order to try out uh, and, and achieve or stay true. To that authenticity,
0: it's a it's a big chestnut to crack, isn't it, Mark? <laughs> I think if you want to find your true self, and you know, a big part of that, uh, you know, the word on the street is, and in his next book, Paul Coelho is going to talk about becoming a member of the Moonshots Podcast <laughs> is a guaranteed way of unlocking your purpose and finding your legend. So, Mark, I think it is only appropriate that we tip our hat to our members.
1: Well, what has become a brand new. Uh, I- Method of celebration every single week, day in, day out, Mike is our roll call of members. So please welcome Bob, John, Terry, Ken, Dietmar, Byron, Marjan, Connor, and Yasmin, all of whom are now celebrating over 12 months as members of the yeah. Moonshot Show. I
0: think Yasmin uh, has formally gone into the one year anniversary club. So we are just so grateful, Yasmin, to your support, and um, thank you ever so much. But there's plenty more other members, Mark. There are plenty more members who are hot on Yasmin's uh, trail,
1: and that includes Lisa, Sid, Mister Bonjour, and Paul, Berg, Kalman, David, and Joe, Crystal, Ivo, Christian, and Hurricane Brain, Samuela, Kelly, Barbara, and Andre, Matthew, Eric, Abby, and Chris, Deborah, Lasse, Craig, and Daniel, on, uh, Andrew, Rave, Yvette, and LGV. Raul, PJ, Nikwara, Ola, Ingram, Sarah, Dirk, Emily, Harry, and our brand new two members, Karthik and Venkata. Welcome guys. And thank you so much for your support of the Moonshot show.
0: Yes. Thank you indeed. And if you are thinking to yourself, gee, this becoming a member sounds pretty great. Lots of others are doing it. Head over to moonshots.io, click on the members tag. You're going to get a whole new podcast, the Moonshot's Master Series. That's only for our members. You can only get it from our Patreon uh, site. But you know what, Mark? You get lunar-powered good karma. I mean, lunar-powered. I mean, that sets you up to go live your personal legend, I reckon.
1: Yeah, it really does. Lunar powered, good wishes from us. But also, you get access to the Master Series, an entirely new, uh, as well as separate show where we deep dive into some of the themes and the topics and the insights that we learn on the Moonshots weekly show. So, we really recommend if you want to dive into the work on Stoics, as well as the idea of happiness, as well as uh, real practical tips like rapid prototyping or managing people. Become a member and you get access to all of that good stuff.
0: All right. Well, now let's turn our minds back to the work of Paul Coelho and The Alchemist. Let's now tune into some thinking from Conscious Originals, and they've broken down some tips and advice on how you can live Your personal legend.
3: You must follow your heart, your heart-centered dreams and your heart-centered desires. Those are your natural interests. They are the things that make you feel alive, inspired, energized, excited, and the things that spark curiosity within you. Too many people discard their dreams because they've managed to convince themselves that they are not reasonable. And that's because most of the programming that society and our education implanted in our minds was to prepare us to live an ordinary life, not our personal legends. But your heart-centered desires are not childish fantasies. They are breadcrumbs guiding you to your most authentic and most fulfilling life. Plus, as Paulo Coelho wrote, you will never be able to escape from your heart, so it's better to listen to what it has to say. The second step is to not fall for the ego's wants or the shoulds of society. One of the main difficulties in pursuing our personal legends is differentiating our heart's desires from the wants of the ego or the wants that come from conditioning. The ego's wants are rooted in fear or feelings of lack or need. For example, when I was a teenager, I wanted to become a famous actress and live in Hollywood. I did theater at the time and I did enjoy acting, but the reason I wanted to be famous was not a heart-centered dream or desire. It was my ego. I wanted to feel important and be popular. As for the desires or the wants that come from conditioning, there are the things that for our society or education or maybe our parents told us we should do or should want. For example, I went to university because I was told growing up that smart people get college degrees. Of course, that's not true. And for me, it ended up being a waste of time and a waste of money. So to help you differentiate your heart-centered dreams and desires from those from your ego or conditioning, you can write down what you want. And then for each thing, ask yourself, why do I want it? Is it to receive praise or to obtain a certain social status or maybe to feel superior to others, then that's the ego. Is it because you were told that it's something you should do, then that's conditioning. And if it's because it makes you feel inspired and energized and alive, then that's your heart. Step 3 is to commit to pursuing your personal legend. So pursuing your personal legends require commitment. I would say Evan, devotion. If we keep putting our dreams on the back burner, then we're not committed and we are probably not going to achieve them. To commit to your dreams, you can start by writing them down and reading them often, like daily. You can also create a vision board, like kind of a collage that illustrates your dreams, or you can also visualize them. But most importantly, you need to make room for them in your life. If you feel curious about salsa dancing, then take a class. Or if you love animals, then maybe you can volunteer at a shelter once a week. Or if you feel drawn to deserts, maybe plan a trip to visit one.
1: These are three big, meaty, sometimes difficult mm-hmm. tips on how to live an authentic life, don't which, you think, Mike?
0: Which one do you think is the hardest? The, the writing um, down, the uh, evaluating or the committing? I I think it's actually being honest with yourself. So
1: it's a little bit of a, I think the act of writing it down helps. So Mm -hmm. for me, in fact, let me, let me uh, take you through a recent example, Mike. I had a situation at work where I was feeling a little bit, a little bit um, nervous or or anxious. Uh, Wasn't quite sure whether I'd made the right decision about something. And I was thinking, okay, well, if it works out great, if it doesn't, no problem. That's fine. Let's, let's just write it down. Let's see whether this is something I should be getting upset about, whether Mm -hmm. this is indeed something that's worth my, uh, bandwidth uh, and whether it's something that actually I should rethink as a, an authentic area to spend a lot of time on and and therefore energy to try and rectify or whether it's Mm -hmm. not that big a deal. And the act of writing it down, journaling, and I, I wrote it down in a few different places. One in my journal, but also as as more of like a second order thinking uh, framework, in order to try and determine what the right step forward was. And building on what we were just hearing from Conscious Originals in that um, clip just then was the idea of being honest with yourself and evaluating whether the decision that I'm considering maybe it's to save face. Mm. is an ego thing or not. Mm. So there's obviously a a great benefit from raising a hand and and asking for help. Mm. At the same time, maybe it's not needed. Maybe it's only my ego that is playing in and that it's using that as an opportunity to try and, you know, be seen or be heard. And actually running it down was somewhat easy, I would say, because I needed to, to sort of get it out. But actually the hard or difficulty became with trying to be really focused and honest with how I was responding to that situation. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah, because I think that it is not common to be taught to express, to communicate, to write down, to acknowledge the things that you truly love to do, Mm -hmm. things that bring you delight, fullness, satisfaction, well-being when you are in that flow state. And sometimes the things that make you feel great are a bit different to what others have. And then you're like, oh, you know, maybe I don't want to go to university. Maybe mm-hmm. that doesn't make me feel great. Maybe uh, to use Paul Coelho's example, maybe I love being a gardener. And, well, that's not a lawyer or a doctor. I mean, it's a bit odd that I really want to be a, a, a gardener. How quirky and sure. silly is that? But what we're seeing here is that in the work of Paul Coelho, The Alchemist, True paths are to follow these moments. Your your heart desires, what we just heard, your heart's desires are breadcrumbs to your personal legend, your purpose, your mission on this planet. You need to acknowledge and pursue those. Otherwise, you're living a life as a part-time dreamer. You're sort of occasionally indulging feelings of, oh, gee, I really love this. But uh, it feels natural. I'm feeling like I'm born to do this. Mm. But I'm only going to do it once on the weekend. Like that doesn't like the logic of that actually doesn't sound so great, does it, mate? No, it doesn't because it's really
1: trimming down the amount of time that you are, or all of us, are living a version of ourselves that we're quite comfortable with. You know, when you're limiting your uh, let's let's call it passion or hobbies, the things that make you really truly happy. So just one day a week, maybe at most two, it's, it's a very
0: small amount of time, isn't it? And yes, it is fractional. Mm -hmm. And, you know, one of the things that's really interesting here is you can go and fast forward it and say, imagine that you're on your last days. Could you ever imagine yourself saying, well, I'm glad I, you know, had this dream of being a gardener, but I never fulfilled it. And I'm glad that I went off and I was a lawyer instead. You will (laughs) never say that. You will always be haunted by this. I was always compelled by being a gardener. Now, here's the thing. Bring it into today. If you feel sort of storm clouds or an air of discontent and you can't put your finger on it, invariably, if you're not getting energy, from the things you do each day, if you're not getting to the end of the day and say, that was great and I'm going to get stuck into it tomorrow, even, you know, of course there's, there's hard times and rough times and things aren't going to plan. But if you're not experiencing over the course of, of days and weeks, a sense of I'm on the right track, I'm feeling good about this. If you are feeling a level of discontent, dissatisfaction, and you can't quite put your finger on it, read this book. Ask yourself, what is my personal legend? Write it down and evaluate why do you want these things? And if you can find the things that really speak to your heart's desires, and they're not about your ego, but they really speak to you through delight, fulfillment, and satisfaction, then you know these are the things you need to pursue and you should commit to them. Mm. So Mark, here's my question. Is there something in your life that you have found really is part of your personalization? Is there something, a small thing that you really love to do that you've made a commitment to? Well, I think for me,
1: it's come in a uh, more recent experience, you know, over the last, let's say six months, where I've actively tried to um, embrace and get comfortable with being uncomfortable, as we've heard a lot on the show, (laughs) with open water swimming. So the impact of waking up very early, well, actually, no, sorry. The impact of being prepared the night before, Mm -hmm. packing your kit, putting your, your running shoes out, packing a bag with your swimming, with your swimming stuff and your goggles, then waking up very early, running to the beach or running to the water, going for a nice long swim, having that discipline as we would have heard from Brian Holiday mm. to maintain that that as a, as a as a habit i suppose has benefited me quite a lot much more than i would have anticipated at least at the beginning where i would have thought okay out open water swimming great bit of fitness fun yeah bit of social time fantastic really the benefit has come from the practice of you know, being exposed to asking myself, is this making me happy? Mm. Do I enjoy going? Because if I don't enjoy going, why, what's the point? (laughs) And
0: how how good is it to swim in, in, in those beautiful Australian oceans, Mike? Just tell us how beautiful is it?
1: I mean, it's, it's, it's frankly, uh, pretty tricky to to put into words, but the cold water, the clarity of the water when you've got a good day, yeah. even when it's a bit wavy, it's kind of fun. It puts a lot of joy into, into my mornings and I, I notice a physical difference in myself for the remainder of that day because I've had uh, such a joyful moment at the start. So similarly to what we might've heard from, you know, Cal Newport or Ron Holiday, who encourage us not to have our phones beside us. So they're not the first thing that we reach for in the mornings. Instead, it's replaced by getting up early, uh, often at dawn, getting down into the water, being exposed to something that, to be honest, can be a little bit uncomfortable, particularly for me as a, as a a British guy, who's, who's uh, a little (laughs) bit soft,
0: Mike. Let let me hit you with this question though. So you've, you've overcome all of the organization, the discipline, the resilience you've swum. You get out on that golden Australian sand early in the morning and you've just swum. How does that feel?
1: The uh, sense of accomplishment is, is the key. It's like a fast track for doing something at work Mm. and seeing the result. Mm. I think the benefit that I've found through being able to, um, practice that resilience, but also patience, you know, swimming can be, you're kind of in your own head for Mm -hmm. a long time. Mm -hmm. That's definitely benefited me with regards to work as well, because now I have that little bit more patience when I'm waiting on other people, or even when I'm waiting on myself, Mm. you know, allowing the ego to uh, calm down a little bit. I'm not the fastest swimmer. I'm certainly probably not the best, but uh, enabling yourself to do something where, you know, you're maybe not the best at it, but still finding great joy and, and enjoyment and satisfaction. It has been really, uh, fantastic as well.
0: Yeah, I totally hear you. You know, I'm, I'm far from the world's greatest runner, but I get out there and I do my kilometers. Um, and it's very similar process. Another one that comes to mind that, um, is really interesting is when I did quit university and, and gave my, my parents, uh, heart palpitations, <laughs> um, I was uh, delivering the great news that I was going to be a professional full-time DJ in 1994. And um, I had been DJing for a couple of years before that and working in radio. Long story short is that still to this day, I have a studio and I go and mix and the opportunity... Uh, to play records and to create DJ mixes still 30 years later brings me so much joy and a lot like your swimming program I have to get organized I have to work on it I have to prepare music put it all together produce it mix it edit it post it and all of that good stuff and it is such a joy and one of the greatest things is that I've kind of gone in and out of DJing over 30 years But just just a weekend ago, I did a a, a whole new mix album and it felt fantastic to do. And the great little kicker when you have a creative practice is that you often have an asset at the end of it. So, Mark, this is just blending all worlds. Then there is nothing better than going for a nice long run and listening to one of those mixes Mm. for 60, 90, 120 minutes and that is just to me, that's where you lose yourself. It's flow state, it's joy. And I'm so happy to have held on to this. And for example, I think because I've held on to that, that's a little bit of my personal legend, but I think that makes me happier, more satisfied. I think that makes me a better coworker, a better father, a better husband. I think all of the goodness that I get from pursuing something that really is my heart's desire, which is music. Um, And it makes me more well-rounded, more at peace, more just a better guy. And that's what's on offer if we follow our personal legend, don't you think, Mark?
1: Yeah, I think you're totally right. That's where you start to see that heart-centered desires really kicking in when you can dismiss the ego, when you can commit to your legend and those dreams that you want to try and achieve as Paul Coelho would call out, I think this is really the, the magic stuff of the wisdom series, isn't mm. it Like,
0: And if you're really getting into this, head over to moonshots.io where you can get the transcript, you can get all the links, the show notes, and you can see related episodes all around wisdom and really just working out, figuring out life. Because man, Mike, life is a hard thing, isn't it? It's full of obstacles.
1: It's it's full
0: of obstacles
1: and fundamentally the uh, challenges that we all face, it's probably the case that somebody's been through it first. So, and,
0: and that we are often the biggest obstacle (laughs) and that we, our minds, the voice in our heads are the things that slow us down too much. (laughs) Oh, they are indeed. So let's now turn our mind, uh, back towards Paul Coelho and the Alchemist. He's got some thinking on goals and overcoming all the things that we're going to face if we're going to pursue our personal legend. So let's start with some thinking from four minute books, summarizing Paul Coelho's
4: thoughts on how to reach your goals. If you want to reach your biggest goals and feel fulfilled, you must follow your personal legend. The story begins with a young Spanish Shepherd having a recurring dream. It happens each time he sleeps under a sycamore tree outside of an old church building. In the dream, the boy hears from a child that he must go to the Egyptian pyramids to seek a treasure. After meeting with a gypsy woman to find out what the dream means, the boy is surprised when she says he needs to go to Egypt. To make matters even stranger, an old man named Melchizedek tells the boy the same thing. This time, however, the man uses the word personal legend to explain what the young man must do. After some deliberation, the boy decides to follow his personal legend and head for the pyramids. He sells his sheep and begins his journey by going to Tangier. Throughout the remainder of the book, he is constantly running into obstacles to his personal legend, but at each step overcomes them to find success and fulfillment. You have a personal legend too. It's as unique as you are. You may already know what it is and simply need the courage to pursue it. Whether it's a career, family, health, or other aspiration, you must overcome everything holding you back so that you can pursue your biggest dreams. Once you begin, the whole universe will conspire to make it happen, but that doesn't mean you'll be without difficulty.
1: I like the call-out that we've just heard uh, in that clip, Mike. The idea that a personal legend or a dream is very, very unique. So the idea of uh, you and I, for me, it might be um, learning to swim well or running or leaving legacy. As we're hearing in that clip, it can be a career avenue, it can be family, Mm. it can be health, maybe another aspiration, maybe something more creative. And at the end of the day, every single person is very, very unique. Similarly to Elizabeth Gilbert with Big Magic, the idea that even though something has been done before, maybe it's a book, maybe it's a podcast. The point is you have not done, or I have not done the journey that I would Uh, go on to go and create it. And I find that this is quite a reassuring clip, a reassuring idea from The Alchemist, which is all of us are able to go out and start that journey, whether it's Santiago leaving his village uh, and selling the sheep, or whether it's you and I starting something new. It's me taking on a new challenge at work. Mm. As long as it aligns with the Ambition that I might have to go out and,
0: and you know work hard, achieve something in life, then it feels pretty empowering, doesn't it? It certainly does. It reminds me of an episode that we did on Napoleon Hill, Think and Grow Rich, and where Paul Coelho and surprisingly uh, the work of Napoleon Hill intersect. It's about this intention and about giving voice to the intention, writing it down. So what I like to do is I like to daily, make make a statement about who I am and what will I do every mm. single day. So for you, Mark, you could say things like every day you could journal, I am a swimmer. Mm. I am a long distance swimmer. My plan is I will swim 25 kilometers. That is is what I will achieve. Mm. Now, the interesting thing here is there's a lot of manifestation practices where you need, which kind of bring you back to this basic idea of if you have a goal, you should have it clear and center in your conscious and subconscious. For example, when I did the marathon earlier this year, gosh, our listeners are going to be sick of me talking about my marathon, but I'll (laughs) I'll keep going. So, so check this out. I, uh, would in the lead up, I ran a couple of really long, not full marathons, but really long 30, 35k runs. And I would put that number on a poster right in my study, right in front of me. So it was always reminding me. And on the month that I ran the 42 kilometer marathon, there was a big 42 on a poster right hmm. in front of me. And part of my manifestations, part of my mantras were. I am a runner. I would say this every morning. I will run 42 kilometers. I would say that every single morning. So, so Mike, the best thing I can do is tell you when I was out there on the course and I was like running the marathon, I went back to that well of intention of pursuing my heart's desires to run this race because I needed that because <laughs> I was knackered and I went there and I got that energy, um, it is so important to remind us of our goals and to be clear on them, isn't it?
1: Uh, I think that's a lovely uh, build, actually. I think you're totally right. And that reminds me of our series on goal setting. That's uh, right. and Achieving your goals with, with John Derp, Christine uh, uh, Woodkey, as well as Michael D. Watkins. This idea of setting goals as well as intentionality and holding yourself uh, true to those, I think the 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 build that you just did though, Mike, is is a really nice one. Utilizing uh whether it's journaling or or to-do lists or just post-it notes around. Vision boards.
0: Vision I, I board. don't I, I don't care if it's interpretive dance, whatever it takes to manifest those goals, you gotta say them every single day. I mean, honestly, do you think elite athletes are not thinking every day before they train, every time before they play, I will be the best. Like there is just no way you can imagine them achieving without that. So we got to do the same. We can't be part-time dreamers. We got to like remind ourselves of our goals because human nature was a little bit lazy. We just need to survive. Who wants to push themselves across the comfort line? We've got to be a little bit David Goggins here. And if you don't do that, the crumbling moment comes when we have to meet our fears and self-doubt, yeah. isn't it, Mark? That's right. Sometimes the thing that's holding us
1: back is the fear of failure or the fear of other people. So let's hear now again from 4 Minute Books who we'll continue this, these lessons that we're learning from The Alchemist with an idea
4: around beating fear. Stop being afraid if you want to remove the barriers that keep you from progressing. The boy soon arrives in Tangier. The culture and the language which he cannot speak amaze him. This leads to someone stealing all his money. Even worse, he fears he's made the wrong decision and almost heads back for Spain. But remembering what Melchizedek taught him, the young man pays attention to the omens all around him. He recommits to his personal legend and begins working for a local crystal merchant. The merchant recognizes the boy's presence as a good omen and listens to his counsel that the man should take more risks with his business. This pays off, and the two eventually become rich. The merchant knows what his personal legend is and recognizes that the boy's presence is an omen that he should go after it. But he's too afraid to follow it and stays where he is. In contrast, the young man uses his money to courageously continue on his journey to Egypt. You also must follow your dreams, even when you're afraid of the unknown path ahead. Fear is the biggest thing in the way of you living the life you want. And only by beating it can you live life to the fullest.
0: Fear and self doubt. Ooh, are they bad news, Mark? I mean, the amount of
1: challenges uh, that every single one of us face, whether it's you and I making a podcast, whether it's Elon Musk taking over Twitter. Uh, it could be any person in the world. There will be moments in life when fear holds you back.
0: So let's ha- let's do a quick inventory. When are the these moments? I'll do some easy ones see, and you see if you can do some builds here. I think when we're feeling like really indecisive, like, oh, I don't know, left or right, I just mm-hmm. don't know. Or, oh, well, what does it matter? I don't really have much say in this. Or frankly, we just avoid <laughs> Mm. We're just like, decision? What decision? I didn't even make a decision. Goal, what goal? I don't know about it. <laughs> or, or, or blame. Blame yeah. other people. So, oh, yeah.
1: Oh, yeah. I'm afraid of this situation, whether I'm going to look bad. Uh, I'll blame somebody
0: else. How can I find the blame game? Yeah, blame is a big one and, and, and judgment. Um, when, like, let's say you're not aware of, you, you know, you're doing some of these things, um I, I'm, I'm wondering like, are there some feelings, uh, that we, that we might have, like apart from being indecisive, I, I would say like for sure, um, when you're starting to feel anxiety and stress, this is often a proxy for like, uh, you're really scared of, the failure that may result around whatever the issue is, um, be it personal or professional. I think that's a big thing. What else, Mark? I would say uh,
1: the uh, feeling of you're not worthy enough. Imposter Mm. syndrome. Mm.
0: That's a good one.
1: Why why am I in this job or this role? What am I bringing to it? That's Mm. that voice in that's the monkey mind, isn't it? Mm. Making you, you doubt yourself.
0: Yeah. And just feeling kind of pretty helpless in the whole thing, right? you just like almost giving up, right? Mm. Just wanting to, to run, you know? Yes, yeah. this, this is certainly a uh,
1: feeling or emotion that I've run into before, you know, in my career. When mm. something happens, uh, maybe it's uh, something very small in and innocuous. Mm. Are you going to be late or you haven't delivered something or maybe something more substantial and you're worried about what it's going to affect, how it's going to impact everybody?
0: What do you do? you feel helpless. You know what uh, David Goggins talks about is having a cookie jar, which is uh, to remind yourself of times where you faced adversity and you've overcome them. So we've all had times in our lives where we've done amazing things and he advises to keep a cookie jar. And so you write them all down and you can actually go back to them. Mm. When you are feeling some of those emotions, you can actually go back to them and go, oh, actually there was this time and I really kicked some ass and did the right thing. <laughs> I think the other thing you can do is remember all the good things that you already have. And I mean, if you w- really want to get in an argument with someone about this, you can always say, well, the fact that you can take a breath right here, right mm. now is a win, right? You don't have to doubt yourself. You can take a breath. You can be here and now. You can get up and go for a walk for 20 minutes and feel better. You have that control. You don't have to give in to fear and self-doubt. I think the other thing that we uh, touched upon with Dale Carnegie and how to stop worrying and start living life, this book talked about ask yourself if you really are experiencing fear and self-doubt. What really is the worst that can happen here? Mm. And invariably, when we confront that, that relieves the anxiety because you know the worst case scenario is so highly unlikely to happen and think about all the things we've worried about in life and how many of them didn't even occur, (laughs) (laughs) which is one of the greatest wisdom truths ever of like, we just worry about so many things that never even happen. I think these are the way we can embed some of the practices of Paul Coelho and the Alchemist. What do you think? Any other thoughts? Well, I I think as we reflect
1: on the clip we've just heard with the, uh, with Santiago and the individual that he's working with, I think those tips, as you've just called out, Mike, would have, would have made sense, uh, regardless of time, you know, they are contemporary tips. They are timeless, aren't they? The Mm. idea of committing yourself and and having gratitude. And that's certainly something that we were hearing within the happiness series, but we do have one more clip with regards to uh, some rules for success. And This is uh, again from the Four Minute Books guys, who are going to teach us with one more little story about what to
4: do when you find yourself falling. Rise more times than you fall and you will never fail. As the young man's journey continues, he meets an Englishman who tells him of an alchemist that can turn lead to gold. Eventually, the two stop in Al-Fayoum as part of the caravan they travel with. While there, the boy uses his newfound ability to read omens to foresee an attack on the oasis. This catches the attention of the alchemist. The two eventually meet and he becomes a mentor to the young man. The alchemist also declares the importance of personal legends. With what he learns from the alchemist, the boy turns himself into the wind when a tribe of Arab soldiers captures them and threatens to kill them. The alchemist continues to teach the boy, but eventually they must part ways before the young man reaches Egypt. When he gets to Egypt, he begins digging for his treasure, only to be immediately beaten and robbed again. One of the men tells him of his own dream, in which he would find treasure under a tree in an abandoned church in Spain. The boy recognizes this omen and now knows where his treasure really is. He returns to Spain to find it in the exact spot he had his first dream and uses it to continue to fulfill his personal legend. Just like this young man, you will fall while on your journey. But if you commit to get up every time and keep going, the universe will once again conspire to lead you to just where you need to be.
0: Just where you need to be. I mean, what's so sweet about Paul Coelho's book, the alchemist is there's a complete flip side to this, which I would say is you can't hurt me. David Goggins. Yes, exactly. (laughs) Both saying the same thing in different ways. Um, Just get the hell back up. Don't give in. If you are living your legend, if you are pursuing the true desires of your heart to be the best version of yourself, you must not give in. Because like technically the more uh, times you fail, it means the closer you're getting to really finding that pursuit, that happiness, that wellness, satisfaction, fulfillment, whatever it is that you're working towards, you're going to get that if you stick to it. And if you Mm. don't, you got to start again on a new pursuit, right, Mark? Like you just got to stay the course. Just stay the course and avoid the flight
1: feeling. Mm. The idea of uh, Brené Brown, who calls out that you need to enter the arena. yeah, But ultimately you're going to have to brave the wilderness eventually. It is going to be, it's going to be inevitable. In the hero's journey, you will... Run into times oh, yeah. when things do get tough, yeah. Right? And we're hearing within this, obviously, fable by Paul Coelho uh, of the of this shepherd. But really, I think for you and I and and our listeners, it's something that truly does happen so regularly, doesn't it? We're not necessarily in a new village getting uh, mugged, but there are days when we'll maybe run into an individual or a colleague. Who you know grinds our gears just a little bit. Maybe maybe it feels a little bit unfair. There's a bit yes. of injustice, and you what you want to do is uh, you know raise your fists or have a go at somebody. But I think calling back to the first lessons that we were hearing from uh, from Paulo Coelho today, in fact, not to put pressure on others. I think is, is coming back mm. to me now, Mark. Mm. This idea of having patience with other people as well. It's a big idea that we heard within the Stoic series.
0: Yep. What, what are you, what are you hearing as we continue learning from the alchemist? I mean, resilience. It's so great to see Polo uh, Coelho talking about it because it is been such a huge theme of this show. I mean, so many different people from so many different walks of life talk about the need for resilience I would say uh, something that we did in the Finding Purpose Master Series, uh, you know, we went deep on this idea of Ikigai. And in that, there's kind of four things that can help you pursue your personal legend. And I think this is what's really important. It's like a checklist of if you're not sure if you're on track or you're considering giving up, I find these four things really important to come back to. You know, are you doing what you love? Are you doing something that you're good at? Are you doing something you can be paid for? And are you doing something the world needs? Mm. And I think going back to those four questions can be confirmation that you are on track, or basically a preventative measure to stop yes. you from falling and, and stopping. Or you know what? If you haven't really unlocked your personal legend, go to those four questions, which are at the root of Ikigai. Go to our Finding Purpose Master Series. You'll find everything you need to know about Ikigai there. This is how you keep going. This mm. is how you pursue your personal legend to go to those questions. What do you think, Mark?
1: Well, I, th- I think also we learned a lot of advice and insights Around uh, passion and natural talent from Sir Ken Robinson, with the yes, alum, yeah, know, how how passion find how finding your passion changes everything. Mm. I think this lesson around passion, a direction, authenticity, melded with the stories today that we're hearing with resilience as well as grit. You know, Angela Duckworth is really coming through in that that clip we just heard around rising when you fall. I think, Mike, we're making the case as we put at the beginning of the show without this foundational education or, or understanding, it's tricky to then build a lot of our moonshots advice without having this, this foundation from the alchemist, isn't it?
0: I think it really is. And it's so wonderful how this is like a parachute across so many different ideas and books. And it comes at it from a beautiful storytelling perspective, a very wise perspective. And what's so really neat about it is that deep inside of it, Mark, you've got people like David Goggins. You've got people like Brené Brown. You've got people like Dale Carnegie and Napoleon Hill. They're all mm-hmm. intersecting, crisscrossing and you know, weaving a web really of how to, to find purpose. And when we're on track, living out our legend, living our purpose, we feel a bit more satisfied with the day. We get to the end of the week and we feel a bit more fulfilled and maybe along the way, there's a smile, there's a laugh, there's some joy, maybe even a dash of happiness, but it all comes knowing that there's going to be hard times too. And I think Mm -hmm. that accepting those are the terms of the game of life, I think is essential. Don't you?
1: Yeah. I like that a lot. Accepting that it's just going to be part of the course. Mm -hmm. You're going to have to go on. Again, whether you're a, uh, entering Egypt and you've left your shepherd, your sheep behind, or whether it's you and I going out on our Tuesday afternoons, figuring out what else is out there. We're all going to run into struggles and challenges, aren't we?
0: We certainly are. And I think it's only appropriate, Mark, that at the end of the show, we return back to Paulo Coelho for him to tell us one last time about finding your personal legend.
5: My, my, my personal legend was always to be a writer and, and, uh, finding your personal legend does not mean fulfilling your personal legend because being a writer means writing books i cannot just sit and say okay i'm a writer so you write your first book it may may or not be successful then there's the next one there is a third one and all of a sudden you realize that uh, you are your book your books are doing very well and you fear success You have this moment that you think oh my god should i write the next book do i need to be judged again by the critics etc and then you realize that your personal legend is about moving on go if you if you if you had a dream of becoming a writer write books don't be paralyzed by either success or failure so I'm in the process. I'm on the journey of of my personal legend, not to fulfill it, but to live it as full, as intensely as I can.
1: I think this is a really great summation, Mike, of this idea of your personal legend, mm. authenticity, as well as an admission that just by understanding or realizing and noting down that dream it isn't necessarily the same as really going out and fulfilling it. You know, that, that, that requires action. It requires that resilience and grit.
0: Mm.
1: We've heard from some of our other moonshot legends, haven't we?
0: Yeah. And I heard a little bit of uh, it's not just the destination, it's the journey as well. What about you? Oh
1: yeah. Big
0: time, big mm. time. I think mm. this is a really
1: important call out, actually. You're right. That comes throughout this book as well as a lot of the lessons that we've recently learned with regards to stoicism and other authors, even including Brené Brown entering the arena, it isn't necessarily that uh, justification of the end. You know, it's not making a million dollars on the book that you've written. It's very much the journey that you take to write that book, isn't it?
0: Yes. So in in that writing a book or gardening or swimming, if you wrote well today, you can Mm. find fulfillment. If you swim well today, you can find fulfillment and that makes it all the more better because you're not just hanging out. Oh, I want to be like the world champion swimmer. No, I swam today. And as a build on that, I did my best today. Mm -hmm. Then you can rest easy and be ready for a swim the next day, right?
1: Yeah, exactly. And slowly through the course of creating those habits, As practices. You can get that 1% better every single day. Hmm. You can start to improve. Maybe that improvement comes with getting faster or alternatively, maybe it's just that little bit more confidence.
0: Yeah. I mean, I'm almost thinking of the compound effect where people vastly overestimate what they can do in one day, but vastly underestimate what they can do in a year, you know? Yeah,
1: exactly. You're totally right. But I think one of the key call outs of behaviors and, and Uh, Practices that we can put in to try and balance that situation is what you were calling out earlier, Mike. I am X, Mm -hmm. my plan is Y. Yes. And I think that's a great uh, little uh, demonstration of how manifestations can be used productively in order to go out and, and achieve maybe it's something quite simple, maybe something small, or something that maybe takes a year or so to achieve. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Totally. Totally. So, Mark, now that you have, uh, Officially ticked off the study of the alchemist. What is going to be apart from you know just a lot more swimming by the sound of it? What (laughs) is going to be your big takeaway from this work?
1: Well, I I think the the real call out from this book is the fact that life can be difficult. Mm. I think you know we've heard about grit and resilience before, but actually I think the different avenue or, or theme. That, that comes from, uh, Paulo Coelho's book is the fact that it, it, you, you can't really predict it, mm. you know, and sometimes those things will be a surprise. So all you can do is prepare yourself and your mindset to, uh, put up with that challenge when it does come, because you know, that you're living your personal legend, your authentic, uh, truth. So therefore it becomes a little bit easier to stay on yeah. course. What about you, Mike? What, what are you, uh, reliving? at the end of this show?
0: Oh, I, I definitely, I, I like the reminder here of don't be a part-time dreamer, right? Yes. You know, uh, live the life you dream. Don't just dream it, live it. Mm. And even if it's not 100% the destination, the fact that you're moving towards it and working on it, I think is a, is a deep well of satisfaction, resilience, renewal. I think it's way too good Uh, deserves a whole nother podcast if you ask me (laughs) all right mark listen thank you so much for joining me here on the show to study the work of paulo coelho and thank you to you our listeners members and subscribers for joining us here on show 209 where we studied the alchemist by mr coelho himself and that journey began with the call to arms the one that i particularly liked Don't be a part-time dreamer. And he then pushed into the idea of living your personal legend. You know, you really have to do the work to express it and reach your goals. And along the way, you are going to face fear. But as long as you rise more than you fall, you will find and live your personal legend. And that is exactly why we do this show. The Moonshots podcast is here so you can learn out loud together to become the best version of yourself to shoot for the moon. All right, everybody, that's a wrap.